Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker podcast. I'm joined today, as always, with editor of thewolfpacker.com and fellow co-host Matt Carter. Ethan McDowell is in the weeds doing his research on the ECU Pirates, cranking out some great game week content while we record this podcast. So we miss Ethan for this podcast, but we will have him back on the next one. I'm sure he'll tune in and uh, give us his feedback down the road on maybe some things we missed. I'm sure he'll post that on whatever we missed on the message board. Always a fountain of information that Ethan McDowell. Um, and while we're while we're talking about Ethan McDowell, go ahead and follow him on Twitter. I'll plug his Twitter account right off the bat at Ethan M McDowell on Twitter. Follow the main account at the Wolfpacker on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Justin H Will. Some quick reminders for the listeners and viewers at home before we get into Week One Game Week podcast previewing NC State's matchup against the East Carolina Pirates this Saturday. Before we do so, please remember that you can subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Plus, you can always watch us on our YouTube channel. Uh, If you do that, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up and drop a comment while you're at it. And also, head over to thewolfpacker.com. Take advantage of a special deal. For just a dollar, you can get a year's worth of premium subscription to thewolfpacker.com part of the on three network uh, takes you through the next year. So you sign up today, you're going to be, you're going to be set all the way until week one of the 2023 season. So um, I mean, great time to take advantage of the deal because I mean, really the bulk of the athletic calendar is starting right now. So 2022, 2023 athletic schedule um, for just a dollar, you'll be completely set. Um, for the entire football season, basketball season, and really going into, you know, the bulk of the recruiting season going into next year's class. So a great time to take advantage of that special deal. Plus it's football season. So why wouldn't, if you're, if you're not already a part of the wolfpacker.com, now's the time to really jump in um, since we're getting into football season here, which is what we're going to talk about, Matt. Saturday, 12 noon. Uh, I, I've seen on Twitter that the East Carolina parking lots are going to be opening up at 7 a.m. Uh, Saturday or Friday? Uh, Saturday. Okay. Although, you know, I think the drinking has probably already started in Greenville. In fact, I'm not sure if it ever stops. <laughs> but um, I'm sure that there are some Pirates fans already tailgating for uh, this Saturday's matchup. And it all it has this it has a very classic feel to the NC State ECU rivalry. Of course, NC State coming into this game as the favorite uh, with plenty of preseason hype. NC State preseason ranked number thirteen, picked to finish second in the ACC Atlantic. Although, also has the second most votes to win the ACC conference as a whole. 
Um, so that means voters are pretty confident that the winner of that NC State Clemson matchup, whoever goes on to win the Atlantic, is the favorite to win the ACC. So big game for NC State jumping into week one with all those expectations. But as anybody that has grown up around North Carolina football, college football in the South knows, ECU licks its chops every time it gets an opportunity to play NC State, particularly in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in Greenville. This is the game circled on ECU's schedule. It's going to be week one. They're coming off a year that, you know, ECU uh, earned bowl eligibility, wasn't able to play in that game, kind of like NC State. Uh, and now NC State had a better record and was and was supposed to go to a better bowl than ECU. Was supposed to play in the Holiday Bowl against UCLA. Of course, that game was canceled last minute due to COVID problems within the Bruins program. It's been a major talking point over the offseason for NC State, but, you know, something that maybe NC State fans don't think about much. ECU has kind of that same motivation going into this game, saying we had, a, we had a good season last year, we had a bounce back season last year, and we never had our opportunity to play in a bowl game. So, you know, they're going to be coming into this game with a bit of a chip on their shoulder as well. So for, from your perspective, Matt, just going into this game, storylines that I hit the nail on the head in terms of yes, NC state's the favorite, but again, they're going to be stepping into a hostile environment against a team that, you know, should have been in a bowl game last year, had an opportunity to win seven games. So um, I, I don't, I don't see this as an easy out. I don't see this as a soft warm up game for the Wolfpack. They're going to be going into week one um, running. Yeah, I, I agree with uh some of that, yeah. You know, East Carolina was an interesting team last year. You know, they did go seven and five, but then you look at who they beat and who they lost to. Pretty much a, a case of chalk. You know, they were the ultimate chalk team last year. You know, there were three really good teams in their conference uh, that all went. Two of them went eight and zero. Oh, one went five and three, and that was Central Florida. And they lost to all three of those teams, right? And then um, you look at some of the teams they built, they beat. Temple went one and seven in the AAC. South Florida went one and seven in the AAC. Tulane went one and seven in the AAC. Navy went three and five. Memphis went three and five. So five of their seven wins came against teams that were the bottom five teams. In the AAC, they also beat Charleston Southern from the FCS level. Um, they did have a nice win at Marshall. But the weird thing, too, is they were also very competitive in some of those losses. So maybe they didn't win them, but you know, only lost by three to South Carolina. Uh, put up a good fight at Central Florida. Lost in overtime at Houston, who was ranked at the end of the year. You know, Cincinnati handled them, but, you know. Last I saw Cincinnati, they won the college football playoff, so no shame about that. So, that's kind of how they were weird. On one hand, they were chalk. Didn't really beat a whole lot of substance last year. But when they had opportunities, they acquitted themselves, for the most part, pretty well. Uh, they do have a lot coming back, too. I, you know, I think they're probably, you know, on paper, if you had, like, the AAC, you had the best, and then you had the best of the rest. I think ECU probably being considered in that group of the best of the rest. Um, you know, you, you would hope that there's a nice gap between the ACC and AAC. 
the American Athletic Conference, um, that, you know, if NC State is among the best of the ACC, that that should be sizably better than being the best of the rest of the AAC. But this is East Carolina Super Bowl. And I'm not trying to say that with, an, I know some people resent that saying, right? Like I, like uh, Carolina fans will kind of dismissively say, oh, NC State treat us like they're with their Super Bowl. You know, I mean, it's a nice thing to say. This is, uh, I believe this is going to be treated somewhat like a Super Bowl for East Carolina. Uh, it is in their home crowd. NC State has not had a lot of success at that, stadi- at that stadium. Um, I expect ECU to pull out all the stops early in that game to try to get off to a very fast start. Uh, they're going to be fired up. They're going to have a, an extra bounce in their step, uh, an extra little punch in their hitch. And so you can, I think the key, NC State got to clearly withstand that, you know, take that punch. And eventually you're hoping that the talent will show if, it, if everything on paper translates like it's supposed to. But this is a nice opener in terms of challenge and, uh, you know, Personally, I would probably prefer this if I were coach as a week two instead of week one and give me an FCS team in week one and then this in week two. Um, But it is a very nice, solid early season test and the type of game you want to see on the schedule. Well, I'm sure as the coaches have talked about in their availability, both on the ECU side and the NC State side, you know, opening the season with a game like this, it isn't exactly, you know, the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. It's not like NC State's going down to Atlanta to play, you know, a, a top caliber SEC opponent. But it is an NC, in-state rivalry. Uh, it is a game that the fan base cares about. You know, obviously, ECU looks at NC State maybe a little bit differently than NC State looks at ECU. But nonetheless, I, I think it's fair to say that both fan bases uh, – there's bragging rights involved in this matchup and it's a game that you start off on the road. Um, I want to get to the on paper, you know, football dynamics of this game. But before we do that, one, one element of this game that I'm kind of interested in exploring with you, Matt, is starting off on the road in a hostile environment. And we think about this NC state team as a very, veteran team a team that's you know been around the block uh i mean you just look up and down this depth chart i mean just look at the two deep there's really not many weaknesses on this NC state roster particularly on the defensive side of the ball um but when you think about that experience you also have to consider when these players have had that experience and all, all these experienced veteran players on this roster have all been on the roster when COVID was happening. So you go back to 2020, a, a lot of those games are played in front of limited crowds, um, you know, only conference games. It was a very weird season. And then 2021 things got back to normal, uh, at least, you know, at NC state, but you look at NC state schedule in 2021 you know, really, I was talking with you before we started scheduling or started recording this podcast, Matt. The only game I think NC State, you know, could say it had to face a hostile environment in last season was that road game at Mississippi State, which, of course, was an early season loss for the Wolfpack, um, you know, to a team that at the end of the year, NC State 
you know, on paper was the better team. So uh, my question for you, Matt, is, you know, how much of a how much of a factor do you think the crowd is going to play uh, in this week one matchup? Because, yes, it's a veteran team, but it's not exactly a team that has a ton of experience uh, playing playing in front of a hostile crowd. But to go further, I mean, <clears throat> there's a lot of talk, and justifiably so, at NC State about going undefeated last year at home, which I think was seven and zero, maybe. But the road record was, I believe, two and three. They lost at Miami. They lost at Wake Forest. Wake Forest was a pretty good crowd, uh, but it's a small, as you know, smaller, uh, smaller stadium than ECU, uh, and there's a fair amount of red in that stadium, and, prob- and probably a much tamer crowd. It is a different culture, to say the least, between Wake Forest and East Carolina. Uh, They did beat Florida State on the road, but I was at that game. That was not necessarily a a packed house that afternoon. There was not a whole lot of expectations on the Tallahassee uh, side of things for that game. Um, uh, Boston College... Maybe that was unique because BC did sell out. They hadn't had a primetime game in forever. And they got one at BC, and it was a pretty good sellout. But, you know, NC State kind of took the crowd out of that game early. But, yeah, I think ECU probably most compares to Mississippi State, which, by the way, was of the three losses, the one loss in which NC State was fairly uncompetitive. Yeah, and I think they lost 24-10, but that was with a late touchdown. Uh, thrown in there for NC State, so didn't look like themselves in that game too. Uh, and that was an early season game, which kind of adds to the similarity of this is an early season game. So, you know, you hope that they grow from that, that they can take that experience. Um, I do think that this NC State team has a lot of motivating factors. One of which is uh, Ruffin McNeil, you know, former East Carolina coach, now at NC State. Wherever Ruffin goes, he becomes quickly beloved so i only know the man through media availabilities but it comes across why people love the man so much um, i think in a lot of ways he's kind of a heart and soul of that and she stayed behind behind them in the murphy center behind the scenes uh, this will be his first time back on the football field he went back to ecu to be inducted into the uh, school's hall of fame but this is the first time he's back on the football field. And, uh, you know, I think this is an NC State team that is older. They would love to win this one for Ruffin. They would love to prove something. Obviously, it's been a long time since they played a football game because of UCLA. I think there's still some bitterness about how that came about. So, um, so it's going to be interesting how they handle that. Uh and actually, it's a very key component to the game. I agree with you because I think, you know, I expect ECU to come out blazing, guns firing. And if they're missing their target and NC State dodges and makes them miss and makes them make some mistakes and quickly gets up 10 nothing or 14 nothing, and then that kind of mitigates, mitigates the crowd, right? And then all of a sudden that, that uh, adrenaline wears off and it comes just about man on man which we'll talk about here shortly where NC State probably has some some advantages um but you know if it's ECU that comes out and scores the first two touchdowns and quickly gets up 
14-3 or something like that. Now, all of a sudden, you're, you're looking at a four-quarter ball game, potentially. So, And that pushed the crowd much more in play. Um, something that Dave Doran brought up earlier this week in his game week availability, just on this tough crowd that NC State expects to play in front of on Saturday afternoon, you know, it's going to be a nice dress rehearsal for NC State, too, getting ready for that big Week 5 matchup against Clemson. Of course, after NC State plays at ECU, they're going to come back home for three games, Charleston Southern, Texas Tech, and then UConn before eventually going down to Death Valley to play Clemson in the biggest game of the year for the Wolfpack and for Clemson uh, down in Death Valley. So, you know, again, a team that hasn't had a lot of experience playing in front of hostile crowds on the road. You know, I, I think it's kind of the perfect week one matchup for NC State just to, you know, it, we, we talk a lot about measuring stick games. Like last year, NC State's measure, the first the first time we kind of had a measuring stick game last year was Mississippi State. Well, you're going to get a measuring stick game to me in week one right now, because if it, to me, it, it would show a lot if NC State goes goes to Greenville and, you know, wins by 20 points or more. I mean, to me, that that that's making a statement in week one. Um, if NC State simply wins this game and survives, I'm not I'm not necessarily you know taking off points for that. But when you look at these rosters side by side, and you look at the talent levels that NC State has compared to an ECU, you you would ex- you would expect NC State to hopefully win this game by double digits. Uh, that would I think be a, a positive outcome for the Wolfpack. But let's talk about on the field matchups, Matt, um, and and you know candidly. I not a fountain of information when it comes to the East Carolina football roster. Uh, I know a lot more about NC State's roster than I know about uh, than I know about ECU's, and I think I speak for a lot of people listening to this podcast. But luckily, we have you on this podcast who just uh, completed the ECU game week preview for thewolfpacker.com. Another great reason why you should sign up for that one year deal, take advantage of the dollar for just a year or just a dollar for a year of premium subscription at thewolfpacker.com. But Matt, uh, where do you see NC State's advantages in this game? And where do you see, uh, you know, maybe some potential vulnerabilities based on the strengths that ECU brings to the table? Well, I'll say this. We cannot, uh, East Carolina has a group of good skill talent. And they got a solid offensive line that's big. Um, they got potential to be a good offense this year, especially for that quote-unquote mid-major, group of five, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, they have potential to be pretty good. I, they, everybody talked around NC State about Holton Naylor's quarterback. You know, Believe it or not, there was a time where Holton Naylor's was the number one quarterback target on NC State board, uh, and he committed to ECU. Uh and the reason why, because his, his father is the PA announcer at East Carolina. Uh, he, he grew up in Greenville. His mother used to work in the East Carolina recruiting office at one point. And eventually he just decided he couldn't turn down the hometown family tradition. And so then NC State pivoted to Plan B. Do you remember who Plan B was? Uh, I do not. Devin Leary. Ah. So... And here we are, all these years later, and, and they they meet again. Ayler's is, you know, I, he got the obvious comparison to Tim Tebow in high school because he's big lefty, very physical, very strong, downhill runner, very athletic. 
Yeah, he's gonna because he's coming back for a super senior year. He's gonna have all the East Carolina records. He's gonna have a lot of conference records. Uh, got some capable receivers. Tight end Ryan Jones started his career at Oklahoma. C.J. Johnson was another Greenville kid that decided he wanted to play with Holt Naylor, who could have gone to UNC if he legitimately wanted to. Um, but I think the guy to walk for is the running back, Keaton Mitchell. Um, he's a legitimate premier running back in the AAC, ran for over 1,000 yards last year, home run threat. I think he had five touchdown runs of 50 yards or more last season. So, um, you know, he's the type of guy where you could shut him down for the first seven Ks and then boom, he'll get a 60-yard touchdown run on you. Um, and so he's a threat every time he touches the football. And that's one of the things that in a game like this, big plays can keep East Carolina in it, right? And he is a big play running back. So I think, number one, you have to stop the run if you're NC State. If you look at East Carolina's five losses last year, they, they averaged less than 100 yards rushing per game. If you look at their seven wins, they averaged over 200 yards rushing per game. So stop the run, you're going to hold ECU uh, much more in check. Conversely, uh, I think there is an opportunity for NC State's offense to move the football on East Carolina, provided they protect it. ECU was number 25 in the country last year in forcing turnovers. Gave up a lot of yards otherwise. Uh, that smaller defensive line. Um, they lost their All-American caliber corner to the NFL. He nearly made the Dem Denver Broncos roster as an undrafted free agent. So I think there's potential there for NC State to score if they just protect the football and, uh, and defensively kind of contain that run game. Don't let the big play pop on you. You do that, protect the football on offense, contain the rain, running game over four quarters, the matchup should, and the talent difference, I think, should eventually swing it towards NC State's favor. We, we're going to talk about the line here shortly. You know, that's kind of probably where I would pinpoint the difference to be between the two teams on paper. Um, but, yeah, like I said, you got to keep the no big plays, no turnovers, and uh, the rest should take care of itself. Something something else Dave Doran mentioned uh, in his Monday availability talked about the last time his team went to Greenville and, and lost at ECU. Um, Matt, maybe you can help me refresh what year that was. Was that his first season? No, 2016. 2016. Okay, so it's been, I mean, nobody on this team was on that team. Uh, you've got a completely different roster, but what he mentioned about that game was how many penalties NC State committed in that game, which led to the eventual result. Um, and if I'm thinking back, you know, if we're making comparisons to last game, last year's game at Mississippi State, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, Matt, I think NC State committed a lot of penalties in that game at Mississippi State, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't, I don't know for sure, but I think you're right. What You know, we're telling about that 2016 game is East Carolina proceeded to go 1-9 and uh, nine the rest of the year after beating NC State. So that was not a good NC State, uh, East Carolina team that NC State lost to. And, yeah, it was self-inflicted. It was an early season game. ECU pulled out all the stops. 
It was the first year Scotty Montgomery as head coach. You know, they had played Western Carolina in week one, so they kind of held back a little bit. And uh, NC State had to play a game of adjustment, and they kept constantly getting costly penalties. I think the quarterback for ECU completed like a ridiculous amount of passes in a row at one point. Um, so that 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 was a uh, that's a good like. I mean, NC State last two times in Greenville. 2010 was Russell Wilson, Nate Irvin, all those guys on a team that was a Saturday in Maryland away from playing for the ACC title, lost in Greenville in the middle of the season and over. Yep. Yep. That 2016 team was supposed to be the breakout team. Yeah, that was the team with Bradley Chubb and Ryan Finley's first year as a starting quarterback. Um, you know, and then they would go on after that to kind of, they win the next three games. They beat Wake Forest handedly at home, beat Notre Dame in the hurricane game, then lost to Clemson on the uh, overtime mixed field goal at end of regulation game. Kind of went downhill from there. But, you know, that was supposed to be NC State's breakthrough team that went to ECU and lost to an East Carolina team that beat only one other FBS team that season. So, you cannot take things for granted at ECU. There are a lot of reasons why NC State will be motivated to play this game. But so will ECU. Cannot disregard because last two times NC State had played ECU, I think the combined score is like 980 to 5 or something like that. So hmm. uh, I'm, I'm obviously exaggerating. but uh, it, It's just it's one of those games that if, in, if, if this game was at Carter-Finley Stadium – wouldn't have a lot of worry about it. I think the fact that it's on the road and you gotta and you gotta get on the bus, you gotta travel an hour and a half east, you gotta stay in a hotel the night before, and then you gotta go play in front of a bunch of fans that are gonna be yelling nasty things at you. It's gonna be loud. Might you know there might be some uh, when they're trying to make the play calls. Leary's trying to hear what the play calls are. You know there might be some breakdowns and miscommunication. Watch for some early false starts, stuff like that. So. I'm with you, Matt. I think, you know, NC State plays its game. It'll be okay. But that's not a guarantee when you go to Greenville. Crazy things can happen. So let's let's talk about uh, the spread, the Vegas spread and the over-under just to kind of see what you're thinking about this. I'll tell you what I'm thinking about it. Um, right now, the consensus seems to be NC State as an 11.5-point favorite. Uh, if my memory is... Uh, serving me correct here, I believe that opened closer to ten points. I, in fact, I think I might have seen it at one point at nine and a half, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. But Matt seems to think that it may have started at ten. Either way, that uh, that spread has gone up, um, and NC State has been the overwhelming favorite pick. It looks like most of the betting public is on NC State on this game for the eleven and a half point spread. Over under is set at fifty one and a half. Uh, Matt, is there you know, out of those two spreads, the over under, is there is there one that you know you're not a gambling man, but if you were, uh, is there one that kind of makes your eyes pop out a little bit more? Is it maybe there's an edge to either side uh, on that spread or the over under? Well, I've already put a score on the message board. You know, we do the ACC Pick'em contest every week. Um, I've been doing that since 2004. Hard to believe. Started at rival, now it's on three doing it. Um, and I've already put a score on there, and I will say this I didn't know what the over under was 
the number of points I had in the game, adding it up, was 51. So, mm. right. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty Maybe Vegas, right? Maybe Vegas is going off your prediction. Maybe. I'm, I'm sure there's some people in Vegas that had paid $1 for 12 months because they're smart people over there and they, they know where to right. get, get their entry state information uh, to make the smart bets. So let me ask you, what are the Sharks? Do you know where the Sharks are putting their money on in this game? Hi, well, Pop. I mean, typically typically the Sharp money tends to, uh, tends to fade the public. So, you know, as the spread has gone up, to 11 and a half. I'm sure you might see some last minute sharp money on the pirates. Um, 11 and a half is a pretty, pretty big spread. I mean, it, it really, to me, it, it really depends on how NC state comes out in this game. Yeah. Uh, because if, 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 if NC state comes out hot, I don't think they have any problem covering that 11 and a half point spread. But if this is a close game at halftime, you know, it's not going to shock me at all to see this turn into a four-quarter game. Um, and an 11.5-point spread suggests that it's not a four-quarter game. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd probably go on over on that. I'd probably give the points and take NC State as right now. You know, I think it's, <clears throat> it's a game, as I said, if it's, as you mentioned, if it's in Carter Fenwick Stadium, uh, you probably feel really confident. And honestly, even though it's in Greenville, if it was week three or week five or later in the year, you still feel fairly more confident about NC State chances. I think the dynamic of being the opener, knowing that ECU's had months to kind of put wrinkles together for this game and pull out all the stops um, that it is in Greenville, that's where the hesitation comes from. It's really kind of the, and the fact that it is a good ECU team. I don't want to downplay that. This is a good East Carolina football team. I expect them to be back in a bowl. <clears throat> you know, the key for them is to kind of break through in one of those upper echelon games and turn those uh, close top AAC losses to close wins. But um, I'd probably t- give the points uh, based on my pick online. I, I would give the points and take NC State and the spread. But uh, We'll see. I will say, this is a great opportunity, too, by the way. I, I, I wanted to mention that earlier. It's a, on ESPN. Game day leads right into this game. So, uh, this is a good opportunity. This is where you get, you're going to get a good amount of viewers. You know, I don't know what ESPN was thinking when they put this on ESPN and UNC and Appalachian State on another channel. Um, they will obviously have the entire state of North Carolina viewing, you know, from the mountains to the triangle to the eastern part of the state, viewing their, uh, one of their networks at 12 o'clock, but you figure they wouldn't have had them competing against each other. But this is a great opportunity for both, both programs to have kind of a bit of a national spotlight. Uh, you know, I mean, that's, an, that's, an, that's a nice time slot to have game day leading into your kickoff. So, yeah, he, he, huge opportunity for the Wolfpack. I mean, you're going to go straight yeah. from Lee Corso, putting on either the, uh, what is it, Ohio State and, and Notre Dame. So I don't know. What I, the, it has to be. Yeah. Oh, well, he's going to be, he's going to be putting on a Buckeye head. Yeah, Buckeye head or, or the Leprechaun hat. One or the other. You're going to go straight from that to, you know, welcome to Rowdy, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, you know, 
Yep. That's a nice shout-out. Well, and a lot of eyeballs on this game. NC State's got big shoes to fill coming into this season. Should be a nice opportunity for them to, uh, you know, show that they, they belong towards the top of the rankings early on in this season. Uh, the first time I saw this spread, I immediately, my, my edge went to NC State just because I thought, you know, we're getting a little bit cute with the spread. NC State is better than this team, at least by two touchdowns. The only reason the spread is what it is is because it's on the road. But, you know, the closer you get to Saturday, the more you start second-guessing yourself, the more you start reliving the memories of NC State football and the nightmares of going to Greenville. And not as confident as I was, say, you asked me this on Monday in the 11 and a half. But I still, if I had to pick, if I had to pick a side, and I'm not going to, I just want to watch this game and enjoy it and not have to worry about, you know, is NC State going to win by 14? Nonetheless, just win the game in general. Uh, I, I'm, I'm probably not taking any action on this game, but I think I would, I would go, I would go NC State uh, with the points minus 11 and a half and uh, over under. I mean, the, the over under seems kind of low, especially when you think about, uh, you know, two quality quarterbacks you know you talked about ecu's playmaking ability nc state you know i think i think vegas might be a little bit down on nc state's offense compared to where it was at the end of last season just with the loss of you know the running backs ricky person and bam knight and, and of course the absence of emeka mezzi but you know as people that closely follow nc state know that there are you know great replacement candidates waiting in the wings to take over those roles uh, in the receiver department. I don't think NC State's going to have any issues replacing uh, Amezi in terms of his production. I think that's going to be dispersed pretty widely throughout, you know, an array of different pass catching options, whether it be Thayer Thomas and Devin Carter or some of the young guys uh, like a Keon Lassane or a Julian Gray or an Anthony Smith. I mean, there there are plenty of playmakers where Devin Leary can find his guy. It's just, uh, to me the question early on in the season is going to be who's who's Leary's security blanket going to be. I think it's going to be Thayer Thomas, but we're just going to have to you know wait and see. Uh, Amezi was certainly his security blanket uh, the past couple seasons. That was by far his favorite target. So we're going to see who his favorite target becomes this year but um you know i think both of these offenses are capable um now this is the first time you're seeing a fully healthy nc state defense in almost a year um so it wouldn't shock me if 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 nc state's defense really flexed its muscle and uh and stymied the ecu offense in a game that you know maybe nc state doesn't win in dominating fashion but it ends up being a lopsided score at the end because ecu's offense just can't get things going against against this healthy defense um but again i i still just the way college football works the length of these games uh the fact that you have two capable quality quarterbacks in a rivalry game it's not like ecu's going to go away if they fall behind early and vice versa uh i think 51 I, I think I think I would be taking the over there. Yeah, I, I do. Though I think the NC State defense is where I would hesitate about that. Because, uh, you know, this is when you look at these Carolina losses: thirteen to Cincinnati, nineteen to Appalachian State, seventeen to South Carolina, sixteen to Central Florida, uh, twenty-four through overtime at Houston, 
you know, even in a win against South Florida, they, they scored 29. Um, they needed overtime to get to 30 on Memphis. So I think yeah. if you take better than those defenses, you know, the one thing that I do keep coming back to kind of close my thoughts about this, these two teams met three years ago. The difference was 34 to 6. In the game before that, the difference was 58 to 3. East Carolina has come a long way since then. I get that. But that 2019 NC State team was not a very good football team. The injuries killed it, but it still went 4-8 and eight that year. This NC State team has come a long way since 2019, too. Can we realistically expect East Carolina to make up a 28-point, a four-touchdown difference just three short years later? when NC State's significantly better than that team, even though ECU itself is significantly better than that team. And how much that home game season opener maybe close that gap a little bit. But that's why I started thinking, four touchdowns, that's, you know, even if ECU is just two touchdowns, closes that gap by two touchdowns, that still covers the spread, right? And yep. That's what I kind of keep coming back to. And I think that's also my uh, cautionary tale for nervous NC State fans. Just three years ago, they dominated ECU. This is a far different ECU team. I get it. But it's a far different NC State team, too. And I think Mike Houston knows that because Mike Houston keeps bringing it up every time I've heard him this week. I I, I think he's trying to guard the expectations a little bit of, yes, we're better. We, We went to a bowl last year. We've turned the page here at ECU, but this isn't, you know, the 2019 NC State either. He mentioned that every time. This is not, you know, we're in a much better place, but you know what? So is NC State. So it's almost like he's kind of foreshadowing something. Uh, last thing I would say, uh, last uh, where, how I want to wrap this podcast up, big weekend for the ACC in general. Uh, you know, week one, you're in the non-conference slate. Now's the time where the early season narrative starts to build on the ACC as a whole. Uh, NC State's going to play an important part of that. Obviously, NC State, predicted to be one of the better teams in the ACC, has a road test early on against East Carolina, a formidable opponent. UNC, as we mentioned, is going to Boone to play Appalachian State. We've got West Virginia going to Pittsburgh and in, in a rivalry game that I don't think has been played in quite some time Thursday night. That's a big, that's a big non-conference uh, matchup for the ACC and, uh, and, and Florida state LSU on Sunday. Uh, how do you think, Matt, how do you think the ACC is going to fare in week one? A great question. They need it. Boy, do they need it. Uh, this is a huge year for the ACC, right? Uh, yeah. That's a quick question. I really, I'll say this, I was pretty impressed with Florida State. I know they beat up on Duquesne, however you pronounce it, Duquesne, whatever. But uh, they look very clean, very efficient, uh, very well-oiled machine, uh, smooth operations. That's one I would say watch for. Watch for Florida State against LSU. I think they may sneak up and surprise Brian Kelly in year one at LSU. Uh, and one I'm most nervous about, Pitt and West Virginia is a little nerve-wracking just because yeah, you know, Pitt, has a, Pitt has a mixed history when it comes to non-conference games. Um, 
both teams have a new quarterback. But I'm probably a little bit more nervous from an ACC standpoint. Let me throw that out there very quickly about uh, UNC at Appalachian State. Because yeah, I think App is favored uh, as it, by a point or two. Uh, no, it, you, it, there was so at one back. point, I think, App. It, it it went down to a pick 'em. UNC had been the favorite, you know, when the line opened. And of course, I think the, uh, the reaction to UNC's week zero game against Florida A&M, uh, of course, Florida A&M with a handful of guys academically ineligible in that game, you know, that was an 11 point game late in the third quarter uh, against the team that UNC I think going into that game, the, the spread going into that game, once all the academically ineligible players were announced, it was like 44, 45 point spread, something like that. Yep. Now, of course, UNC ended up winning that game, I think by about 30 points or so, some fourth quarter pat statting there, if you will. But uh, yeah, I if I'm UNC, I don't think I'm that confident based on how week zero went, of course. You know, there are some mind tricks involved in that. Just getting ready for an opponent that's going to have players missing. It might have messed with the mentals and their preparation going into that game. I think you're going to see a more inspired UNC team in Boone on Saturday for sure. But uh, I think every every college football expert would circle that game as a, as a true coin flip, um, 50-50 type game. I hate the problem for the ACC. You know, UNC kind of considered, uh, you know, best of the rest in the Coastal, right? Everybody kind of puts Miami, Pitt, Battle for the Coastal. UNC is supposed to be the best of the rest, uh, talented enough to supposedly be a sneaky contender to win the Coastal. And you're talking about them being a pick em against a team from the Sun Belt Conference. Yeah, that, that doesn't happen in the SEC. Probably doesn't happen in the Big Ten, although I would argue maybe it should. Um, you know, that's the problem the ACC has right now. You know, it's a, you can't have a team that supposedly one of your top half teams, you know, going to one of the better teams in the Sun Belt and being considered a pick em. That, that's, that, that's at the bare minimum a problem in perception, where that's where the ACC would really benefit from NC State and you and she being authoritative Saturday on the road against some respectable to pretty good uh, group of five teams and then hope that uh, Pitt and Florida State win, win their respective games. So uh, I wouldn't and be, I, I, I wouldn't I, be I forgot to mention Boston College and Rutgers too, ACC Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, you're playing the worst of the Big Ten. You really need Boston College to win that game. I wouldn't be shocked if the ACC comes out perfect. Wow. Now that that would be – are you predicting that or are you saying you wouldn't be shocked? I have to go back and look at my ACC pick em. Okay. But I think I might have predicted that, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, that, that the LSU-Florida State game concerns me just because that game is being played in the Superdome down in New Orleans, practically a home game for LSU – We'll see how quick how we'll see how how legitimate of a threat Florida State's going to be this year because that LSU roster is still plenty talented and uh, you know Brian Kelly as as bad as his Southern accent his fake Southern <laughs> accent can be uh, he's still a pretty darn good football coach so uh, we'll see but it's just great to have football back 
I'm sure everybody's excited. I know I'm excited. Everybody's going to be tuned in Saturday, noon Eastern, ESPN, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. If you're not making the trip down to Greenville, I'm sure you'll be watching on TV. Matt Carter, any parting shots before we wrap this podcast off? I think we're good. Let's get it going. Okay. Well, uh, last reminders, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play. We're also on YouTube. So please subscribe to our YouTube channel, give this video a thumbs up, and drop a comment while you're at it. You can follow us on social media at The Wolfpacker on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Justin H. Will. Uh, and hey, give Ethan McDowell a follow at Ethan M. McDowell on Twitter. Uh, also, you can give us a like on Facebook, NC State Wolfpack on thewolfpacker.com. And lastly, take advantage of that special deal. For just a dollar, you get a year's worth of premium subscription to thewolfpacker.com as part of the On3 network, all the latest and greatest in NC State uh, news, buzz, insider information. You get access to the message boards. And like we said earlier on in the podcast, it takes you through the next year. So uh, it'll take you all the way till week one of the 2023 football season. It takes you all through this current athletic season, which we are about to enter. And football is back. It's so good to say that. I can't wait. Uh, and we will be back for, uh, for a recap of NC State ECU, hopefully talking about NC State 1-0 moving on to Charleston Southern in week two. So uh, for Matt Carter, this is Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast.